Welcome, everyone, to It Tastes Different Gaming Podcast, the podcast with four different flavors coming from four different gamers. I'm your host, Nick Irwin, and I want to welcome my co-hosts, Shane Eisterhold, Patrick Smith, and Russell Rowe. Hey, Patrick, where can they find us? Well, the first place you should check out is our website at ittastedifferent.com. This is the place where you can subscribe to all of our streams and connect to all of our social media sites. You can also find us on Facebook at It Tastes Different. Uh, we're also on Instagram at It Tastes Different PC. And then last but not least is Twitter, where you can find us at It Tastes Diff. For dessert, we overstuff the cannolis with collectibles and side quests. So here we're talking about collectibles and games and side quests and games and how we think about uh, those being in games and where some may be a detriment and some are a positive thing. So, Jane, I'm going to send it over to you. And uh, what is your thought about collectibles and side quests and games? I think there's a place for them, and I think there's a time for them. And most games put them in to fill people's time. And it's most of the time, it's not that good of a thing. It really isn't. Uh, like we said when we reviewed uh, Ghost of Tsushima, that game knew how to do collectibles. It knew how to do side quests. It, that game did almost everything right, almost perfect. Um, and then you have um, you have games like, uh, what's that, uh, Crackdown. Uh, Crackdown, you had to find all the orbs. Orbs build your powers up, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, fighting crap was fine with that. But then you have games like uh, like our review of Mafia. All the little stuff in there, it just it was just a distraction that really had no purpose. It really had no fun to it. Uh, side quests weren't weren't anything to put two thoughts into. Collectible magazines like the even the Playboys, even if you're a pervert, it was just there was no reason to go find those things. Uh, a collectible in a game or a side quest in a game has to has to have enough meaning and enjoyment to to you know to warrant those things. But most of the time, I don't feel games do that worth a crap. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is a great example of it. Uh, games like Mafia or even you know Grand Theft Auto. A lot of side missions on those get really repetitive and really stale. But you know, there's a time and place for a, a collectible. Hunt and a, you know, side mission hunt. Most games don't need them, and they put them in anyways. That's that, that. Yeah, that's my opinion. But what do you think, Pat? I'm gonna probably preface this when when I'm talking when we're talking collectibles to some extent. We're not talking like I'm talking about when. How am I gonna word this? When I say collectible as like a measuring metric, I'm talking about the useless collectibles in games. You know, because you could talk about. You know, Mario and Sonic, in those games, you were collecting rings and coins, but those had a purpose in the game. They were function, they served a necessary function in the game. Um, but like when you think of, you know, when you think of, let's take Doom, for example, the little mini Doom guys in the Doom game, or the dead ghosts in Destiny, those are pretty worthless. They're just collectibles. They're there for no reason than to be time wasters or to create additional hunts for trophies or achievements and stuff like that. So that drives me a little bit nuts. Sometimes they can be creative. As Shane just pointed out, you know, we just got done reviewing Mafia 2 Definitive Edition. The collectibles in the, those games were Playboy uh, centerfolds from the, the 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 era. So those kind of were interesting, and they kind of fit in with the game. You would find those. I don't know if you'd find them strewn around as much as you would in that game in that kind of day because – I don't know what well, I've never ran down the street and just seen a dirty magazine laying in the street or anything like that. So, you know, just depends on what <laughs> depends on what part of town <laughs> you're down the wrong street, right? Or how often you're <laughs> running down that street. So, I, I often find that collectibles in games are just time sinks and waste for additional trophies. I am somewhat of a completionist, so it drives me nuts when you get into a game that has like 30 collectibles or 60 collectibles, and I'm just like. I get to the point to where it's overburdened and I just give up on it. When we when I played Mafia 2 originally and then the definitive edition we just talked about, I didn't collect all of the Playboys because I was like, you're kidding me, there's 30 of them? I'm not wasting my time. If I run into one, cool, but I'm not actively seeking these out because it's not worth my time. So a lot of games do this and it just drives me nuts because it, it keeps you from, you know, keeps you from 
keeps you basically from progressing get to completionist. It gives you this one last little bit of jaunt in their game so they can say, oh, the game, if you want to be a completionist, is 100 hours, but they really only have 20 hours of story or something, you know? And it's like, yeah. if your collectibles and side crap takes more time than the main story, that's a problem. I, there's been it's been around for a long time what the collectibles thing is. I don't know you know I don't know what the first game to have collectibles is, but I remember playing back like Legend of Zelda, like Ocarina of Time. They had the the hunting down the golden skull things, the skull spiders. Yeah, so, I remember that too. Those games like that though, I don't know. To me, those felt a little more a little more of the game, not just something they threw down in the game. I guess. I mean. I just find any time that you're trying to expand your allotted game time, so it seems like you have more available in your game. And in my opinion, open world games are the worst offenders of this because they'll just yes. screw crap in their game just to say, go find these hundred hundred collectibles. And then, you know, you spend 10 hours getting these hundred collectibles. So then they're going to say, well, our game was 20 hours long. Now we're going to say it's 30 hours long if you're a completionist or 40 mm. You are 50 or 60 because we have all these completions items. So I'm usually not a fan of them just because they artificially inflate the game time. So, you know, that that's kind of my thoughts. Uh, you know, Russ, what do you think, man? Well, I think it twofold. Number one, we take side quests first. Um, and I think I know you well enough to know, you know, like side quests are one thing, like, if we have side quests, uh, as uh, Shane said, like ghosts or something, or or like let's take Dragon Age for example. If we have side quests that that kind of progress our story along with our uh, companions, I think we as a whole enjoy that. Um, even though uh, you know Star Wars: The Old Republic isn't one of our best or favorite MMOs, progressing those side stories, doing some of those side quests with our companions was kind of enjoyable. Because it it increased the lot, it increased the storyline within that. So that's that's one fold. I think I think side quest. If it's if it's a side quest where you're running out in the middle of somewhere and there's a there's a strange farmer who's like, hey, I need you to go pick up, you know, fifteen uh, pumpkins out of my patch for me. No, farmer, you go do that yourself. I don't need to do that. I'm, <laughs> I have to go slay this dragon. You go on and go pick your pumpkins. That's I think that's where that kind of for us as gamers kind of get a little frustrating. Then we take the collectible side of it, and then I, I agree with with what again what you guys are saying. You know, when it comes to collectibles um, that are seemingly redundant or just pointless, um, I'm thinking about a little bit about tell me why. The I thought it was interesting to get the little carved guys, the little carved collectibles. I thought that was kind of cool, actually. So that's kind of one one area that I talk about, and then you have like the the booklets and the and the pamphlets and the and the the magazines and all that. The, and then there's those, and those are annoying um, because the only real way to maybe even go back and get them sometimes is you have to replay a mission if you even know that there's a magazine there or something. So that's really frustrating. And then we take it one step further in the collectibles within. Uh, other games, MMOs and stuff like that. And, and I sometimes like to do those. I sometimes like to go out there and, and grind for a couple hours to get reputation that gets me an artifact or gets me a collectible that I could put into my, my, um, my housing in some of the old MMOs and, and things like that. Like there's some things I do enjoy doing within that, but the, definitely the side quest that, have nothing to do with like your companions or your storyline. Those do get a little tedious. And then the collectibles that seem uh, very pointless. I agree with that, that, that those thoughts there. So uh, I'm going to throw it over to Nick and, and I'm sure people have comments about what I said, but you know, um, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I'll take it in the same regard that you did with going with side quest first. I think ghost of Tsushima, did side quests, you know, and other games have too, but since that's recent, they did side quests very well. Uh, in Ghost of Tsushima, the side quests were short. They were quick to find. They, they usually were in the area that you were, and they didn't take you too far off the beaten path. 
you know, they kept you pretty close to where you initially started the mission for most of them, for a majority of them. And, you know, they were all pretty short side quests. And I think they, and they, and they did add to the story or to the, uh, what was going on in the, in the story or with the, uh, the, the Tsushima citizens and things that were going on there with the Mongolians and everything coming in and taking over the land. So, you know, they, they went with the whole theme of everything. Uh, one thing I hate about, I don't mind side quests. I just, I hate side quests that one are too long. Ones that have those multi-pronged side quests where you'll finish a side quest and the side quest goes on to a side quest, which then goes on to another side quest and so on and so forth. And the side quest is almost as long as the main story is. Yo, dog, I I heard you like side quests, so I put side quests in your side quest. (laughs) Exactly. I hate that. Like, if we're going to do a side quest, that's fine. But let's make it short and sweet, right? Because it is a side quest. We don't need a side quest within a side quest within a side quest. We don't need any of that. Just, you know, if you, and like Toshima did, you know, make it to where the side quest doesn't take you that far off the beaten path. I also hate side quests that take you halfway across the map, you know, mm-hmm. where you have to then traverse all the way back once you're done with it. It's like, take me like a few steps forward and then we do this little thing. Um, and that's it. Or like Russ said, you know, I hate side quests. They're like, pick 10 pumpkins. Like he said, you know, I was like, no, I don't, why, why am I, you know, exactly what Russ said. You're the farmer. You go pick your pumpkins. Why do I need to do it? So, you know, you gotta have some meaning in your side quests and you gotta make your side quests, I think personally short and sweet, you know, just make them quick little jaunts just to kind of add a little bit of context or a little value to what's going on or just have, you know, a little thing that you can kind of do off, off the beaten path, off the main quest line that it's just a little, little uh, quest that you can do that, that doesn't take too long. And that's, that's the kind of side quests I like. I don't like the ones that extend forever. As far as collectibles go, I don't mind collectible game and I do like collecting a game. I'm like mo- most of you guys, I'm, I'm pretty much a complete completionist. I like to try to get everything. Now, that doesn't say that I'll go through and replay a game just to get all those things. So I'm not a completionist in that standard, but my first playthrough, I'm going to try to find all these things. So I don't know if that's a completionist or just something different, but, you know, I'm going to try to find all these collectibles as I'm going through. One thing I don't like about collectibles is games that, you know, most games, they'll hide their collectibles, and that's fine. But I hate games that hide them so much that they're almost impossible to find or they're just in this like weird spot in the map that you wouldn't even think of looking at you know i don't mind them being off the beaten path and that's fine but don't make them so hidden that it's almost impossible to find them where you have to almost look at a guide to figure out where the heck this collectible's at and you find it's like under a box in the lower right hand corner of this room that you don't go into for no reason Right. right. Yeah, you got to walk in this room and you got to angle your camera just right to see that yep. thing in the corner, you know. <laughs> right, a little sparkle. And you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah, no, I forget that. You know, if you're going to make collectibles or things that are hidden like that, that's fine. But make them kind of obvious as well. Right. Don't make them so uh, hidden that, you know, like I said, you got to go online and look at a guy just to figure out where the heck it's at. <laughs> that doesn't make it makes it frustrating at that point. Because you're trying to find this collectible and, and you find out it's in some awkward place. Um, so, you know, like Shane said at the beginning, you got to do it right. If you do it right, these things can be fun and they can add value to your game. But if you do them wrong, you know, then you're taken take, away from the game. Right. You're taken away from it. And these are things that people are just not unless you're the diehard completionist, you're not going to go out and, and and do these things. Like I said, you know, I feel like I'm a completionist because I like to complete everything, but I, I don't know. I, I guess you would call it something different in that case because, you know, if I don't get it through the first playthrough, unless the game is really fun, you know, if it's like Grand Theft Auto, right? Grand Theft Auto, not every Grand Theft Auto, but a lot of the Grand Theft Autos I, after I've completed the story, I've gone out and done a lot of the side missions, the ambulance, the fire truck, and, you know, whatever it is that you're – whatever side quest they come up with, I'll go out and do those things. Uh, like Shane said, especially in Grand Theft Auto, they are really repetitive, but I'll go out and collect, you know, a hundred cocaine bags, like in Vice City or something, or, um, the money bundles and I don't know, was it three or whatever, where you had to go get all the bundles of money. Yeah, um, Vice City had that as well, if I remember right. Okay. So, you know, in Vice City, I did everything. 
I did every single thing. But a lot of those things you have to usually use guides because there's like a hundred bags of money or whatever that you got to find. And it, you know, that, that would take forever just to run around the city. But Grand Theft Auto in, in, in its own right is fun to just go around the city anyway. So, you know, going around the city to collect these things is still fun in its regard. Like Pat said with Legend of Zelda with the golden skulls. Yeah, that was, you know, I think, I don't remember, it was Overcrane of Time. I think I collected all the skulls, like, no, what, 99 of them? But yeah, that was, and, and I, you know, if it was any other game, I probably wouldn't have done that. You know, I love and still love Ocarina of Time. It's one of my favorite Zelda games. So for me, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad to go back and get them all. Uh, but it's still something that I wouldn't do twice, right? <laughs> I did it the first time. I ain't going to do it again. Yeah, you just got to do it right. That's that's the main thing. Yeah. I will say this. Um, there's certain games that, you know, while everybody was talking, I was like, you know what? Let me run through my melon here. What games do I remember doing, achie- uh, doing you know, not for the achievements, but doing the, those, you know, side quests and the collectibles? You know that that were fun. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, we just talked about easily uh, the the definite way to do it in an open world game, definitely. Batman, uh, the first one, fantastic job of Rocksteady, because the backtracking was very limited in that game, just for the story alone. But the collectibles were were there. But you still had to work to find them. But you didn't have to spend an hour going line, you know, call your buddy, get a lifeline. None of that crap. If you tried, you could find these things. And Resident Evil 5 did a fantastic job uh, with the collectibles, the blue emblems throughout the game. Um, and Resident Evil 4, same way, the little you know emblems hanging from the trees and stuff. Those are games that did it great but they're very limited in my opinion on games that were able to, to do those collectible things. And as far as side quests, uh, really it's, it's Grand Theft Auto did a, a good job overall, but they did become repetitive. Uh, because you know, like you were saying, Nick, they were perfect. Good amount of time. You didn't have to spend a day to get there. And that was great. Uh, the new Spider-Man, uh, well, the older Spider-Man for PS4, was another good game uh, as far as the quests and stuff. They were good side quests. They did get a little repetitive, but overall they did a good job. But it's really hit and miss on those, and it's more miss in my opinion. Uh, and I don't need all of that. I mean, if you want to give me collectible comics if I'm playing Batman or Spider-Man, you know, great. I don't want to have to sit and waste all my time just to find find those things because they're not that important unless they actually do something something for the game. Yeah, I mean, I I don't so side quests are not usually as bad as collectibles are for me. I mean, for the most part, I don't mind the side quests as long as like like Russ said, they're not go collect ten pumpkins or go kill these go do this meaningless task of picking up this stuff. Like some some games do side quests really well. To where they feel like they're just part of the game, and in my opinion, like Nick said, Ghost of Tsushima did it great because they felt like they were part of the game. It didn't feel like it was a side quest. It felt like, hey, I'm in this town yeah. and they need my help. I'm gonna go do this stuff for them. Yeah, it was you know, very natural. Yeah, but some of them, yeah, some of them, you know, MMOs are notorious about the garbage side quest because they gotta have filler to get you their level. They serve a purpose to some extent. Side quests in a game serve a purpose. They're either to further help you progress your level before you leave the area you're in or, you know, or something like that. But in my opinion, collectibles, and when I talk collectibles, I'm talking about useless collectibles. They don't do anything for the game besides make you do something to collect for a completionist type thing. You know, I'm not talking about collectibles like Mario 64 that had you collecting power stars because that unlocked that was a game mechanic that unlocked harder levels or more levels, you know. So you were collecting coins and power stars and that type of stuff. I'm talking useless collectibles like, uh, you know, in the G.I. Joe game where they're having you collect issues of the comic and stuff like that. I just don't find a use for them. I will ask a question, though, because it kind of it's kind of popped into my head as we were sitting here talking. What do you think drives developers 
to put so many collectibles in their game. I have an idea and an opinion, but I wanted to get everybody else's opinion first. How about uh, how about Shane? What what is your opinion on why do you think developers put so many useless useless collectibles? I'm, when I'm talking about collectibles that I don't like, I'm just going to specify useless collectibles so everybody knows I'm not talking about story progression collectibles. I'm talking about useless mm. ones. So Shane, what do you why do you think developers put so many useless collectibles in games? Uh, they're they run out of ideals. They have a they have a story that has a beginning. Uh, middle and an end but their middle's weak so they throw in side stuff to distract you from that lack of story uh it's it's a filler it's it's all it is it's it's a way to uh, stretch something out that really has no meat when uh we reviewed uh we talked about final fantasy 7 you know the remaster the remake excuse me that drove me nuts the game was 90 percent filler I hate filler. I want substance. I want story. I want, I want what I'm, you know, working for. I don't want to do all that stuff. The reason they put all that, that, you know, magazines and, and you know, knickknacks and stuff like that is just because they've ran out of ideals. In my opinion, they've run out of ideals. An artificial expansion of the game, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like throwing uh, on an extra piece of cheese on a really good sandwich. <laughs> right. We got to throw that extra cheese so you get more cheese flavor and get rid of that nasty salad dressing flavor. Right there. All right. There so, you go. Uh, so, Nick, what do you think? Why do you think they throw in useless collectibles in game? Why developers throw a lot of them? Because I feel like it's just getting more and more prevalent every generation of gaming. First of all, I'll disagree with Shane on Final Fantasy VII Remake. But, yeah, um, I disagree with that, too. I love Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, I did too. Oh, don't every, get me wrong. Every, I love the game, but... It's no, there was no too filler. much filler. Nope. It was all filler. There was no filler in there. <laughs> but ladies Shane, and gentlemen, Shane's thinking, of, feel, Shane's thinking <laughs> of the feeling he was doing when he was trying to fill up cloud. He, he was thinking of the honeybee. That um, <laughs> I think it's mainly because of replay value. They want to add more replay value to the game. And so they throw in these collectibles just for that. You know, just for uh, added replay value, a reason for you as a player to return to them. Because um, you'll notice a lot of the games that have these collectibles are games that most people would probably not return to. You know, after a one playthrough, they probably wouldn't go back to them. Open world games are a little different in that context. Uh, I, You know, things like Grand Theft Auto or Ocarina of Time, I think people go back to. And so... I think, again, that's just another activity to give users another reason to replay the game. And you think of Mafia 2 that we just did, you know, we beat the game, me and Patrick did, and I have, I don't have any reason to go back to to playing it. Now, could going back and getting all the wanted posters and the Playboy magazines be a, a reason to replay it? Sure, it could be. Not for me, but it might be for somebody. You know, somebody might replay through Mafia 2 again, uh, looking uh, with the whole, with the sole purpose of looking for these wanted posters and magazines, right? And so I just think that these collectibles, you know, not the ones that, like you said, Patrick, that that contribute to the game, but the ones that are just there for the purpose of being there, um, I think they're just there for replay value, just to give the game some extra life when it didn't, you know, when really the game is mostly a one and done. Yeah, that's an interesting theory on that. Yeah, that makes sense because, yeah, there's almost unless you're specifically running through, like you said, a walkthrough or a guide earlier, you're not going to you're not going to see all those collectibles or you're not going to know the most efficient way to get to them. Because, you know, I I I like you. I'm a completionist and a completionist means I like to get as much done in the game as I can and and try to get all the trophies or achievements in the game. And I I do try to do that. But at some point it becomes to the point where I don't want to do that. So that's that's interesting because yeah I'm not going to go back to Mafia Two to get all the Playboy magazines and the wanted posters. Uh, yeah. It's just not 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 in me for that. And game yeah. that, and you know I will say Ghost of Tsushima did it too. There was a point to where if I were to have to collect all of the items in Ghost of Tsushima for the completionist trophy, I wouldn't have done it because I stopped. You don't have to get all of the scrolls and you don't have to get all of something else to get the completionist. I got just enough to get the completions because I got burnt on all finding all the scrolls and kind of crap like that. It's just at the point too much. You don't have to. So games now have a where there's like, you know, a completionist isn't 100 percent of everything in the game to get like uh, the platinum trophy in PlayStation or the completionist achievement in Xbox. 
you don't have to get every collectible. You have to get a percentage usually of the collectibles. So Russ, you know, we've uh, Nick and Shane kind of given their ideas. Why do you think they throw so many collect useless collectibles in in games nowadays? I think it's a very delicate marketing ploy, and by that I mean, so if you have game A and the actual game play game time play is say let's say if you started it from the moment you played it and finished it 10 hours but then they mark they put those things in there and it takes i don't know an extra 5 to 10 hours to do all the collectibles portion of it well they can market the game as saying oh we have 20 to 40 hours of gameplay you know depending on how long you really want to take finding these collectibles hint hint I mean, I think that I think that's what the reasoning is within it. I mean, I'm sure there's probably other reasons or, or or whatever, but I think that that is, I think that's something that they think about whenever they make these games. They're like, oh crap, man, this game's only it took us ten hours to finish. Let's put it in a bunch of this other crap so we can get another ten hours out of it, and we can tell them it's twenty hours of gameplay. Of course, we're talking at a bigger scale on most games, but I think that's some of it. So well, that's, that's kind of interesting, yeah. What what Nick was saying though bothers me about it being a, a replayability, and yeah, it can be a replayability. But if the game is good enough, it will give you reason to replay. I mean, not I, not because you're filling it for, with uh, little things to go back and find. I mean, a good game, a good story game, uh, doesn't need all of that. For me I, to go I, replay it. Now, I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, yeah, it, there, I mean, there is reasons. I replayed uh, Batman just to, you know, finish up a few things I knew I missed, or, or uh, GTA. I need to go back and get those last bit on uh, Tsushima. Right. But and that's, that's why I think Nick game. is right, though, because I, well, Nick has a good good thing as well, because I, I do believe that's why they do it. Because you know, when I beat Ghost of Tsushima originally. I hadn't gotten all of the collectibles and stuff. I went and I was like, okay, I can't find these. So you, you get abilities to where the wind will lead you to these things. And I did that for probably a good solid hour. And I got to the point where I was just completely wrecked and was like, I don't want to do this. So I pulled up a walkthrough and did them because I was like, this is annoying and I'm done doing this. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it doesn't make me want to come back and replay it. So I want to, uh, how about this? This, I want to pitch this to you guys. So, by all means, this didn't start the collectibles, but I think it helped explode the reason why there's so many collectibles. I will blame. I think it's. I think the people to blame for collectibles is Microsoft, Sony, and Valve. And I'm going to blame that why because that? gamer score. I I will disagree because the the collectibles have been around way before gamer scores and trophies. Not way uh, before. I'm sorry, but not way. Oh before. yeah. All right. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. The entire series before it even hit PS3, when and that's when all the trophy stuff came out. There, uh, Kojima had all sorts of those things in there. Uh, Snake Eater. There was all sorts of uh, posters you could find of you know naked girls and stuff, or you know bikini girls or whatever, uh, and and little doodads like that. I mean, it's it's been around a lot longer. I mean, like you guys were talking uh, about. Uh, uh, Zelda. Well, they had is, they had all that, you know, before. But that was not prevalent. You're not seeing like magazines and junk like that. When do you when when did Metal Gear Solid, the game that you were just talking about, come out? And do you realize when Gamer Score was conceptualized? Metal Gear Solid, the original. It was like yeah. in '88. Okay. So, uh, but the the, the 360 started the Gamer Score for uh, Mac. Yeah, 360 is the one who started the whole thing, which for good or bad, I don't even know how I feel about gamer scores. I do like it when I get it, but you know, I don't, I try not to put too much thought into it. But the 360 launched, it launched the gamer score realm. Collectible stuff has been, you know, around way before that. I don't think it's as prevalent as it is now. Now, you may be right there. It may be pushed more. Uh, and that is because of Gamer's Core. Like, uh, 360, wasn't it mandatory? You had to have a thousand. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think that's right? what it is. Yeah, you have to have, your game has to have a thousand Gamer's Core in it or something like that at a minimum. And, and, and that's why you have these games that have come out that are just, they take like 30 minutes to an hour to play and you can get a thousand Gamer's Score in like no time flat. Oh yeah, because when, uh, 360 released, 
uh, Kong. That was one of the games I bought with it. Underrated. I have to say, I actually enjoyed the game. But yeah, I mean, I whipped out in like four hours, a thousand gamer score, six hours, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. They're not, that's not, it's not more prevalent, but I mean, it's been around a long time. But the trophy and the gamer score systems have really pushed, pushed garbage into the games. Well, cause I, you know, I, I kind of think, so let's, the game that kind of, the game that kind of pushed it to me when collectibles became like forefront in games was Assassin's Creed. Those games threw all kinds of garbage in their game to say collectibles. Uh, you know, there was the flags and, and, and just junk yeah. like that and the feathers and, and just stuff like that. But I will also put out that Assassin's Creed was one of the first games that was one of the first games to start doing this, and it just coincides with the launch of GamerScore by Microsoft on 360. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And then Valve came out with theirs, and then PlayStation came out with theirs. And I will and I will honestly say I think PlayStation's is probably the least purveyor in the system, just because their trophies don't seem to be as as based upon as based upon useless stuff as I should say. But I mean. I don't know about you guys, but maybe it's just because I play more Xbox. But I see I was going to say I see gamer score being more. Uh, most people tout their gamer scores on on Xbox and Steam than they do on PlayStation. I don't think it's as big a deal on PlayStation as it is on Xbox and. Uh, it's and, yeah, it's not. I I definitely agree because I mean, if you asked me the last trophy I earned, couldn't tell you. If you ask me you know, how many trophies I've earned, I couldn't tell you. I don't put two thoughts into the trophy system of PlayStation. It's something about it I just don't give two craps about. I just yeah, don't. Either. It's not that it's bad or it's good. It's just there's nothing about it that entices me. I don't, far think as, that, I don't think the majority of people do pay attention. Like the majority. I'm not saying that there's not, you know, 15, 20% of people out there that are like, I got to have every trophy from every game, you know, like, you know, how do you kill that, which has no life type of people, you know, that, well, that do that. You need to separate that because we're talking, that's PlayStation as trophies. Are you saying that, because, because I would argue that Microsoft, it's the other way around. I care about I my agree. gamer score. I absolutely Shane, agree. You care about I your mean, gamer score? Yeah, because Nick, Nick you is care always about your gamer score. <laughs> I do. I, Russ, you, you don't care about it, yours, though, do you? I don't. I really don't. Yeah. But Russ is also care. the lowest out of all four of us. <laughs> well, even because I don't care. I mean, like, I could go and get on, on Game Pass, and, I mean, there's been a couple of games that we've bought that would take three or four hours to get a couple of thousand points pretty quickly. Uh, you know, I, I could do that, but the games bore me to death within 30 seconds, and I'm like, eh, I'm not... I mean, I I I may be... Out of all four of us, I'm probably the most finicky gamer. Like, I I have to be... The, the game has to get me quick, or I'm done with it. I mean, it's it just... I'm worse than... We make fun of Patrick sometimes because he's like, I'm done. I'm done. But yet, he'll trudge through and he'll finish something, or he'll get <laughs> something done. Whereas me, if I'm saying I'm done, I am, I'm done. There's little to nothing that can get me to finish that. But anyway, we're, we're I'm digressing a little bit. But yeah, I was just gonna say because I mean, I I follow I closely follow my Xbox gamer score, and I also close not as close, but I do follow my my Steam gamer score. But I don't follow my PlayStation gamer score. I can't tell you how many trophies I got. I can't tell you how many platinums I got because I don't I don't care enough about it. But I can tell you uh, roughly where my Xbox gamer score is, and I will tell you that I track it monthly. Because I always look and see where I rank amongst my friends. Yeah, I check that thing monthly. <laughs> I think a big part of that, though, for for us is what do we play on the PlayStation? Exclusives. Exclusive, yeah. And we only get what three? Well, I mean, this was a good year for them, but four, yeah, no, well, you three get to four three, year. three to four a year. Now everything else is on Microsoft. So when we play a game on the PlayStation, it's a first party game. 99% of the time, it's going to be solid. We all know that. So I don't put near the thought into stuff like that when I'm playing a, a game that's got me pulled in. 
Now, when we're playing Xbox, you know, we're running around as a group 90% of the time. When we play, we're playing together. We're playing, you know, some sort of co-op or multiplayer together. You know, it's, it's, Xbox is more of a competitive system. It really is. It's almost built and bred on being a competitive hardware, you know, not, uh, not with each other, not with other consoles. I mean, uh, as multiplayer games, you know, competing with your friends, competing, you know, against random strangers. That, that's what the Xbox was developed on. I mean, look at the, when it originally launched, first game I played online was Ghost Recon. And I had a freaking blast with it, you know, killing people, making friends, but killing them still. Uh, that's, I think that's the difference. And, you know, we're so competitive on the system that even the gamer score is a competitive uh, architect of it. I think what really makes a difference, uh, one that, yeah, like you said, Shane, that we do play Xbox One, we do PlayStation, and we're mainly playing exclusives on there. But for PlayStation, it's the same thing. You know, I don't know how many trophies I have, and I really don't care. I, I also don't care on Steam. The only one I care about is on Xbox. I think mainly for Steam and for PlayStation and for Xbox with their achievements is Xbox puts them front and center, right? Whenever you get one, it pops up down the center and it does this little animation and everything and it tells you what the achievement was for. And, you know, they have a whole, like, uh, you know, in the quick menu, they have a whole menu. You can track your achievements and all that stuff in Xbox. PlayStation, you know, it just pops up in the upper right-hand corner real quick, and it doesn't tell you what the achievements, what the trophy's for. They do have a center for trophies, but it's, you know, it's just kind of in the background, like, oh, yeah, here's the trophies, you know. And it, I couldn't tell you where the trophies are in the PlayStation. I mean, I, but I wanted I, to go look at them. I mean, they do kind of the same thing. When the trophy pops up, you can push the PlayStation button, and it'll take yeah. you to the trophy. Right, you know? but on the Xbox, it'll tell you in the trophy icon that pops up at the bottom what exactly the trophy is for, what, like what you did to get that. Yeah, but it hadn't uh, always you. been that way, though. It used to no. be you would have the pseudo name. Right, on the 360, it just had the name, right? Now on the, on the one, they changed it where it actually tells you the name and how many points it's worth and what you how what you did to unlock that you know and that's one thing i like about xbox too and i wish playstation did that because sometimes i've played games where i have noticed the trophy pop up i'm like oh what did i do to get that you know and i don't want to go back to the menu and you know we're getting sidetracked with trophies and and achievements but you know the menu (laughs) yeah i mean i think they're in my opinion this is my opinion i think they're tied together there's so many prevalence of this because game game developers are basically trying to, I think it's a combination, but I do think that the gamer scores contributed to this because the, Microsoft is saying you have to have so many points in your game, and they're like, okay, we'll throw in these collectibles to make a point or whatever. But, you know, and then it's artificial inflation of time uh, spent in the game and replayability. I think it's a big combination of all of that. But I think gamer score just helps to propagate that more because if I look at a game and I'm like, okay, I am two achievements away from this, or, hey, I'm really close to that uh, diamond-level achievement in Xbox, you know, the the 50-point or the 100-point achievement, uh, I or the rare achievements, you know, I, I need to go do this. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I don't always do that. And I will say out of the four of us, I have a lower gamer score than Shane and Nick. But I think I, I'm sitting at 114,000, yes. and Nick's I, probably at 2 billion. I, I never played the 360. I had a 360, but I didn't hardly play it. I was into console gaming at the time. I was in more into uh, PC gaming at the time. So I really was not into console. I didn't get back into console gaming really heavily until I met Nick and Shane, and we were we were well into the Xbox One time frame. So, you know, uh, and then I got really back into the Xbox uh, gaming because I had friends to play with. The PC gaming, you know, I had lots of stuff I could do on the PC by myself, didn't care. Um, and then, you know, I had Russ, and we played a lot of MMOs, so... I have a gamer score of 65,000. That's it. It's a little over 65,000. But I think, Nick, you're in the 200s, aren't you? No, I'm 148,000. Uh, so you and Shane oh, are pretty close, you. but yeah. Yeah. But I, I check monthly. I'm like, okay, how close am I to Nick? How close am I to Shane? How close am I to Russ? And if I'm like, by the end, if it's like you have one week left, and I'm like, I'm 50 points low, I'm going to play a little crappy game so I can get an extra 100 points to be above somebody, <laughs> you know? 
I'll do that sometimes. And, and, and a lot of times it's collect these collectibles or do this in this amount of time or something. So I honestly think it's probably, it is probably a combination of things, but I think that, you know, if we take into 2007 is the basically culmination of the gamer score uh, era. What did we, we didn't have, we didn't have, I mean, there was a, I will admit there was a few games in between there that did this, like all the, the, the Lego games used to do it um, back before all that came out. But I mean, really, you had some stuff in Halo, you know, and, and stuff like that. But really, think about games before 2007. There probably isn't a whole lot that had a lot of useless collectibles in it. I mean, the the solid the, the game that you were mentioning, Shane, the the uh, what is it, Kojima games? You know, I don't mm-hmm. know what he was yeah. thinking back in there and why he put all his stuff in there. But you know, a lot of it used to be collectibles were Easter eggs. They were kind of something that yeah. was you know in the game that the developers wanted you to see or collect or something. AAA titles and open world games have just basically thrown a, a smattering of everything at you. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, let's let's just take a game that we recently played, like Ghost of Tsushima. What were the collectibles? There were some scrolls, some cricket cages, and I can't remember. They were such a minor point in the game that I don't even remember all of them. I just remember getting frustrated trying to find them all. Oh, they were the 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 cosmetic pieces, like the sword stuck in the, the ground sword. to get the news. Yeah. I was just like, come on. Plus, you had you the know. sword mini games too. Yeah, I, but, those, I th- but those those progressed the game was, though. Yeah, I thought the I thought all of that was so well done in Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, the locations for for the little stuff for the little collectible things, I, I felt that they did those right. They were out of the way, but not killing your time trying to go find something. Well, a lot of them weren't like in, you know, obviously if you wanted to collect crickets, you had to go to cemeteries. So you look on the map yeah. for cemeteries, go find those. Um, and then, but you wanted to find all the, the hats, the, the headpieces and the swords and the, and all that kind of stuff. They were not always on the beaten path and you had to basically, I'd use a guide for some of them because like I said, I got to the point to where I got the armor to where it would lead, the wind would lead me to whatever I was tracking. But you got to the point where I got frustrated spending like, five to ten minutes just trying to find one of these items to get my completionist stuff going on that I only found the required amount to get the platinum trophy. And then I just was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and now now I will probably never go back and play the Ghost of Tsushima story again unless they come out with DLC. That's just not that's not in me. I'm not that type of gamer. Now, I play the multiplayer all the time with you guys. Uh, I enjoy that. But I have no reason to go back and replay the game itself unless they come out with DLC or something. Boy, I don't know how to feel about that because I, I love I, the I game. really and oh, I mean, you know, just take the the amazing game itself out of the way, just the side stuff like that. I really thought that was uh, almost perfect. I really do. I and I'm not a I'm not a big you know side quest guy. I'm not a big collectible guy. I don't have to do all that stuff, but uh, I thought they did a fantastic job, and I enjoyed finding those things and and. You know, spending a little, just that little extra time. You know what? While I'm here, I'm going to run over to this uh, cemetery, see if I find a cricket or, oh, I bet there's a fox over here kind of thing. But I I, I, I would almost put money on this to some extent to basically say, I guarantee you that we can get a count of games very easily that had that had collectibles prior 2007 that were useless collectibles. I guarantee you could probably easily find a list somewhere, and it doesn't compare to the explosion of collectibles after 2007. Oh, no. I don't think anybody here could disagree with that. I mean, Russ and Nick will definitely, you know, probably attest to there has been, a, a you know, like you said, an explosion of BS that you have to, that you can find now. Well, yeah. You know, like I was saying about the Kojima stuff, yeah, that, was, that was Kojima being Kojima, you know, you know. Just being that weird little man he is, and which is awesome. Uh, but now when you have to, you know, we have to spend half, when you want to spend half your time looking for crap that takes 60 hours to do, that's too much. Cause like Grand Theft Auto, we talked about that one. That one had you collecting freaking pigeons. Come on guys. Yeah. That's collecting true. Pigeons. <laughs> but then, but then, you know, I just, when we were talking about this, I was just kind of Googling some games to see what was on there. Their, their latest open world, the Red Dead Redemption one. Had no collectibles yep. in it. Not a single collectible. Well, that's because collectible. the game was 2,000 hours long and wasn't that good. Well, a lot of the stuff, the articles that I was just kind of 
perusing through was basically said, I guess DL, the Grand Theft Auto got huge backlash for the amount of garbage collectibles in their mm-hmm. game, so they basically were like, "Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that." And I guess they, when they came out with the uh, the Lost and the Damned, they basically had including more pigeons and seagulls and pe- more more birds. They included seagulls, <laughs> and they were like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm gonna go. The, the, I'm pretty sure people were probably like, "I'm gonna find a seagull and I'm gonna go up to Rockstar Studios and I'm gonna force feed this seagull to somebody." You know, I mean, because that's just it's just excessive. Why have yeah. Why have to collect a hundred or this or two hundred pigeons? Come on, collect two hundred pigeons. That seems ridiculous. Uh, it, uh, and that's the stuff that's just uh, this laziness. It's it's all it is. It's laziness. Yeah. That, that's the whole point. And to some extent, like I said, if it wasn't for the gamer score attached to some of these achievements and gamer score, I wouldn't even give them a second glance. Like, yeah. like the only way that I would go back to Mafia 2 to get the, uh, to get the uh, collectibles is if I'm achievement hunting. So I'm like, I need to get 50 points this week for something, or I need to go... Because uh, uh, the Microsoft Rewards thing helps prevail some of that. You get 50 points a day just by getting an achievement in a game. So one single achievement, achievement. Yeah. yeah. One single achievement, you get fifty points, and fifty points is equivalent to like what is it, fifty cents? Yeah, hundred points, a hundred points per dollar, I think is what it yeah. re- roughly. So a hundred or a thousand? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, like, it's, it's like it's like nine thousand like for ten dollars. Right. So it's like a little, of, yeah. So it's like seven or eight hundred dollars. Uh, seven or a hundred, seven or eight hundred points gets you a dollar. So. You know, it's not it's not the equivalency of a dollar or anything like that. But still, 50 points, all you got to do is get an achievement in a game. You know, so I mean, and then usually the weekly has you just open, do 50 Bing searches and get three achievements in a game and then look at a game that they're featuring this week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the achievements and stuff like that help drive some of this other marketing stuff that they get. Like like you were saying, replay, Nick was saying replayability. Uh, Russ and Shane were talking about expandability of the time frame of the game, artificial expansion of the time, playable time in the game, and now we're we're monetizing this with gamer score and achievements and points in Microsoft and and stuff like that. I mean, Microsoft is doing a great job of making gamer score cent- front and center because I care about it, Nick cares about it, Shane cares about it, and Russ doesn't. So one out of the four of us actually doesn't really track or care about their gamer score. Um, <laughs> But I mean, that's that's probably pretty much average. Most of my Xbox friends care about and know about their gamer score. They're like, oh yeah, I know what my gamer score is, and you can see how competitive it is. I don't have a whole lot of people that I don't know on my Xbox game list. I think I have 17 people on there, and like 15 of them I know, and they're all active on their gamer score every month. And I'll see when it gets close to the end of the month, I'll see some people jump up towards the top because they're looking at it. And they're trying to beat their friends list or get above their people on their friends list. So. I mean, I know I do it. I track that, and I'm like, okay, how many days we got left? Where's Nick at? Where's Where's Shane at? <laughs> I'm like, all right, can I catch him? Or or am I ahead? You know, I think like what was a couple of weeks ago they had the Microsoft um, where you get 10,000 gamer score in a week. I ran that. I got 10,000 gamer score in three days. Yeah. See, I wish I had that kind of time. <laughs> let me ask you I, this. Uh, let me pose a question out there. Start with uh, Russ. No, start with Nick. Give Russ time to think. What was the last game that you played that you wanted to go find a collectible? All the collectibles, one collectible, uh, you know, or that one random mission that you heard about or, you know, you know about, you you just had to go do. What was that last one you did? It, It was probably, if I'm thinking about the last few games that I've played for a while. Probably not since Grand Theft Auto V, really. I think I did everything in Grand Theft Auto V and found everything that was, all the collectibles and stuff. But last, I mean, some of the newer games, well, no, I take, well, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes to Tsushima too, but I stopped at the scrolls and stuff. I didn't want to find all those even for the trophies. I found all the uh, cosmetic items and stuff, but the extra stuff like the scrolls and the artifacts and the uh, uh, flags, I just didn't want to go track all those down. So probably the game that I collected everything uh, and went through and collected everything that was in it was probably Grand Theft Auto V, if I were to think of a game where I actually followed through and did everything in it uh, as far as collectibles and stuff go. 
What about you, Pat? I mean, it was her last thing that you was like, man, I got to go do this. So the, I'm going to I'm going to actually cheat and I'm going to take two. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Uh, so so the most recent game is Ghost of Tsushima. And only reason was because I wanted that completionist trophy, that that uh, platinum trophy, just because I was so close. By the time I got done with the game, I collected a large majority of the items. The only thing I was missing was collect so many crickets, collect so many scrolls and collect so many flags because I had found most of the cosmetic items and I only needed to find like one or two. So I put another couple hours into that game to gather all those just because of the I was so close to the Platinum Trophy and we were reviewing that one. I'm like, I'm going to review it all. So I'm going to spend a couple. And it was because I wanted to play a little bit more too. And then the one that I really, that I that I went back to try to get, and I did not, I will say I did not get a completionist or all the um, achievements in this, was the Star Wars, the Fallen Jedi Order one. I love yeah. that game. I played the crap out of it, and when it ended, I wanted to play more. And so the only thing that I, I don't want, I don't replay the stories because I'm like, I already know what's going to happen. So I went back and I loaded it up and I'm like, okay, I got to find all the plant specimens. I got to find all the color crystals. I got to find all this and that. And it was just because I wanted more of the game that was just not there. Uh, I will say that the achievement hunting in that game was unfulfilling because I got frustrated after it. And maybe I, I can't, I don't think I did. I'll have to look back at that one to see if I did, but I don't think I got every achievement in there. I tried and got to the point where I was just getting frustrated with a few of the mechanics, but I wanted more of that game, and my only way to get more of that game was to go achievement hunting in it to find all the the achievements, you know, uh, and and that one. So, and then I guess I'm going to go for a third. The game that I found myself <laughs> going to more of it was was, um, uh, and this is rare, is why I guess was um, Horizon Zero Dawn. I couldn't get enough of that one, and I wanted to play, and so I achievement hunted on that one just because I, you know, and it's all, and that's really the reason why I do achievement hunting. And collectibles is just because I want more of the game, and I felt the game ended too early for me. Yeah, I can see that. I, but you know, I, I liked that game, but I wasn't that into it like you are. What about you, Russ? What was that? Uh, what was that one thing you just had to go do or find or complete? Oh, good lord! I don't know. I really don't. I'm like listening to you guys talk, and I'm like, <laughs> what was the what was the last time that I went back? You know, I, I still haven't gone back on Ghost, but yet I've started the game, the the new game plus system on on Ghost. It's not really completionist. I mean, like the last game that I was really kind of nuts about when it came to things like that was like Reputations for for WoW. I mean, I would sit there and and like go through guides and see how to get certain reputations. Of course, it died off after you know expansion twenty seven. I guess early on on that game. So I, I really don't, I, I'm really not a great example when it comes to this kind of thing. I enjoy a game. If I don't get everything done, it's no big deal to me. It's like, it's like whatever. I, I just like the game, but like I'll, I will get like, there will be times where I get focused in like, for example, with ghost. Um, I like it so much that I want every one of my characters that I have within the legends portion of it, I want them all at max level for their traits. So, I, you know, I've been trying to play some of that on the side as well for each character or each class, I should say. So, I mean, but that's not what you guys are talking about. You guys are talking about what, what I don't have one. Sorry, guys. I hate to disappoint this team, but um, <laughs> I do want to correct something. Patrick said at one point in time, he said that uh, he gets on and he wants to make sure that uh, he's ahead of Russell. Uh, of Russ, <laughs> everybody's always ahead of Russ, so it, it doesn't really matter um, about that for me anyway. I don't know. Maybe what I'm doing, maybe I'm setting every single one of you guys up, and I'm going to take two weeks off, and I'm going to when I get into my new place, I'm going to just sit there for two weeks and play games, and y'all going to wake up one morning, I'm going to be like 150k on Gamer Score. You, know you can what? get 150k in a week. <laughs> I will give you all the props you want if you can get 150k because it's taken Nick and Shane like since 2007 to get as high as they have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they put in they put in uh, 13 years, and that's just as high as they've gotten. Yeah, let's see. Well, two Grant, weeks. I've been I got... married the whole time. I could have higher, but I've been married. <laughs> Only two weeks, Russ. That's all you got. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, who knows? You you never know. You never know. 
even if I made up, even if I made up, even if I made up, let's see, if you did 10K and you just got to get to what I've got is 65,000 gamer score. You pass me up. There you go. (laughs) If I pass you up, I'll never pass you up again because you will take the rest of your life to make sure that your gamer score (laughs) is higher than mine. There'll be a news article about a local, you know, how they always have the news articles in China about the guy who spent like a week in the, the net cafe and died playing too many games, that'll be me. You'll hear, guy got 100,000K gamer score in 14 days and killed over. Yep. <laughs> Found dead in his own ball sweat. Right? Because he didn't shower or anything for two weeks. <laughs> in actuality, that article would read, would friend of gamer who received 100K in 14 weeks, or in 14 days, dies due to spending the next 30 days getting 400,000K. Right. <laughs> got to prove his friend wrong. He's got to outdo yep. his buddy. <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, I do care about my gamer score, and I actively track my gamer score. So I don't think about it too often. Oh, you don't don't give me that. But I when I but only I only think about it when I turn on the Xbox and I see <laughs> Nick is on, and then because Nick Nick went AFK for like two years due to a really bad decision. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, you know, so I'm finally ahead of the last hat. <laughs> and he, he's like, hey, I'm back. <laughs> Here goes my lead. <laughs> all right. We're all trying to catch Nick. I'm not even yeah. close. Yeah, I mean, he he blew past me. I'm trying to get to 150,000. Almost there. God, I still got another 30-something to go. I'm still just trying to get to 100, so... Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it that stuff is important to me. But that's why I think um, that's just my opinion. I think that it is probably a conglomeration of a lot of things. It's it's developers just trying to fill the void of their lack of playtime, the gamer score trying to drive that in there, and then the replayability. Because I didn't even think about the replayability of how because a lot of games do use that as a selling point. Our game has a, a lot of you know it's high replayability or not, and if they could show that people are replaying their game because they got to they don't care why they're replaying them. They're saying, hey, we've got high replayability in this game. Let's keep doing what we're doing. Not not to mention you've yeah. got to catch 200 pigeons. <laughs> God dang, pigeons. <laughs> got to collect them all. Yep, got to collect yeah. them all. And then when the DLC comes out, you got to collect seagulls this time. Oh, God. Then the droppings. Right. It's the evolution. <laughs> right. Next, we're going to go hunt Wano. Got to go to the back. Oh. But, no, I want to see games do it right, like Tsushima, uh, Batman, uh, you know, Resident Evil 5, uh, Resident Evil 4. I want to see games, if they're going to do it, I want to see them do it in that way. That doesn't, that adds to the game. It doesn't distract from the game. Well, and I guess that's a fine line because at some point I feel that throwing in useless items into a game that have no effect on the gameplay, you know, because <laughs> the artifacts and the scrolls in in Ghost of Tsushima have some story behind it. But you know what? I didn't read a single one of them because I'm like, whatever. But, you know, I mean, at some point also, I mean, we'll take Mafia 2 for an example. I'm not going to lie. I looked at the magazine every time I picked it up. I'm like, oh, OK, that's kind of cool. But I didn't care less. I could care less if that was in the game or not. You got to quit beating that poor game. It beat itself enough. <laughs> I know. But I just, I just, it's just fresh in my mind. But I mean, yeah. you know, so it's kind of cool when they do something. So like Ghost of Tsushima did collectibles, like where you had to find the swords. So you go find a sword and you get a new sheath skin for your sword, or you find a, a hat on a sword and you get the new headpiece. That type of stuff, okay. It's not useless. It has a game mechanic to it. But the scrolls and the flags, I guess the flags to some extent had a game mechanic tied to them. You got uh, saddles for your horse, and don't get me started on the horse, but, you know, that had a game mechanic, but the scrolls had no game mechanics. The, for, I guess, to some extent, the crickets had a game mechanic, because you got songs from your yeah. for your flute after you got so many of them, but, I mean, they're still kind of worthless to some point. They have some game mechanic tied to them, but in my opinion, they're worthless. They just added they just added expansibility to the game and trophies to, to, to track, so, I mean, I'm not a big fan of them. I am more open to side quests as long as they are have serve a purpose. So, like, I can go do a side quest to go kill a bunch of bandits to help the town, but I don't want to go do a side quest to collect ten pumpkins for the farmer, get out and do your own job. 
most of the time, though, the farmer's like, I broke my leg. I need somebody to call or, to, you know, go out and do the the harvest for me. And I'm like, oh, my God. OK, whatever. I can get more behind that than I can collectibles in a game. I can overlook. I don't know why. It's just my opinion. I can overlook overemphasis or overabundance of side quests before I can o- overlook a bunch of useless collectibles in a game. Yeah, I, I'll definitely agree with that. I want I want something that you know adds to. Uh, it doesn't break the game if you don't do it, but it adds to the game if you do do it. Not right. something that's just. It's something that has nothing to do with what you should be doing. Yep. And there's not too many that do it right. Cool. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I, that's just where I stand. You know, I don't. Nick, you got anything else you want to add about like gamer score? You know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, no. I mean, just. You know, with it like you like we've been saying with the collectibles and side quests, I don't mind either one of them personally. It's just as long as you do it right, you know that's the main thing. Like Pat was saying, I'd rather them add collectibles and side quests that uh, integrate into the main story into the theme of the game. Uh, don't just you know like Mafia Two again with the magazines. You know, I mean, yeah, the magazines were, the, were from that time era, but they didn't really tie in anywhere other than just being something to pick up and look at. Right. So get the whole you know. series and sell it for a hundred grand. That, that would work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can just collect them all. And I guess if you are so inclined, you could just oogle over your playboy collection in, in mafia too. <laughs> oh, he could do that on his computer. Right. Exactly. Don't need to look at that. <laughs> Don't need it. So, yeah, I mean, just do it correctly. You know, just don't add them because you want to add them for for replayability or just to, to extend that that time frame. You know, you add them because they they have some sort of context into the game or the story or or something like that. Uh, you know, and in the case of Mafia Two, you know, they're added just because they from that time period. Which, okay, fine, but they don't have anything other to do with the game other than right. just being something to pick up. Yep, a useless collectible. Right. Plus, I don't want to pick up somebody's used Playboy. Come on, that's nasty. Right. Um, Especially if it's sitting on a park bench. (laughs) Well, especially, like, you know, all the locations you find them in, like a dirty hallway and stuff. Right, and they're just laying on the ground. Hey, is this anybody's Playboy? I'm just going to take this. I'll I'll bring it back later. That's nasty as finding it in your dad's freaking sock drawer. (laughs) Probably some in the bathroom. I was just I was just surprised that you never found one in Joe's apartment as much as he's got going on in that game. Yeah, I know. No. Well, I think there is one in his apartment. It's one in the bathroom, I think, later on in the game. Yeah. And you, yeah, just, take, you just steal Joe's Playboy from his bathroom. I tried to steal it, but it kept tearing the pages when I pulled it off the floor. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I, I I agree with all that. Yeah. What about you, Russ? I really have nothing else to add. Um, I, I think I think we all started off with mildly different opinions, but kind of ended up in the same boat as like for side quests. If they're pertinent to the to the quest line, if it's pertinent to the storyline, we're all about it. Um, when it comes to collectibles, I think we're a little diverse in that in that sense, depending on the game and, and what we're looking at. That's just it's just neat to hear everybody's opinion with it. So I, I don't have anything else to add other than. You know, I guess I need to get working on my gamer score. <laughs> cool. I mean, I don't got anything else to add. I think we've already beat the gamer scores. You know, this one got kind of off topic a little bit because we went for we were talking about collectibles and side quests, and we really didn't talk a whole lot about side quests, but we beat collectibles and gamer score up a little bit. <laughs> well, they you know they coincide with each other really. You know, like. Yeah. Saying, you know, the gamer score blew it up, and now, unfortunately, it's all over the damn place. Yep. We ought to run a contest between the four of us one month or something. Whoever has the game is, highest gamer score at the end of the month gets something. <laughs> well, whoever gets the, you know, gets the most gamer score because Nick's already destroyed us. And you know no, no, we we're talking about one month. Yeah. We're talking about a one month because Microsoft tracks that. This says, hey, between this day and this date, this was your gamer score for the month. Uh, yeah, but you know we can't compete with Nick. I mean, he plays oh, yeah. in his sleep. <laughs> well, I'll take time off work. That's the only way we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then we'll have to put Nick on double time. <laughs> well, Nick can't take off work. That's 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 the Nick uh, handicap. We all get to take off work, but Nick can't. He has to work that week. And play with one hand. And he's still higher than us. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? I played the Mega Man collection and just got every achievement. <laughs> Twice. 
Yeah. And that would be hard. Those achievements in that game were difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I, I don't have anything additional to add. I mean, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's a worthless add to some games, but you know, so sometimes they work. So it's a hard, yeah. li- it's, it's a fine line to walk. Yeah. Let's just hope they, uh, they get it down a little bit better than what they have in a lot of games. Yep. All right. I think that kind of wraps up this episode. Yep. We appreciate everybody listening and hope to catch you on the next episode. With new systems. Yes. <laughs>